listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hello, friends. I am so excited for today's podcast with my friend, my gal, Jules Morlet. How are you doing? I'm so good. How's your life? How are you feeling today? Dude, today is, you caught me on a mom day, which is so weird because that's not not usually my life, but like we woke up this morning and my oldest had a, uh, her first choir concert and you know, by like choir concert, I mean like two songs that span four minutes, you know, in a gym full of very eager parents. Um, so we're all like there with our cameras and then we did and then they had like parents come to lunch so I went to lunch with her and her friends and now I'm at the office and just chilling and trying to figure out how the rest of my day is gonna go okay I want you first to tell everybody what your life is like what you do and then I'll tell you know the silly story about how we like really (laughs) our love story (laughs) okay what is my life like right now my life is I turned 30 this year so that's new and interesting I kept hearing that 30 was the time that your physical body changes and I didn't believe anyone I was like I'm gonna make it and I'm not making it Um, so like my hair is getting thinner and my body's getting wigglier and I'm not recovering as quickly from babies but to be honest like the physical is going downhill fast but the fruit of like my marriage and my family and ministry has never been so good yeah and I often tell our team, I get to hang around a lot of younger girls, you know, college, newly married. And I always tell them like, people often say like, your walk with Jesus is a journey. And you always feel like, am I ever going to get to the place of like, I've arrived and I'd never thought I'd get there. But I honestly feel like everything in my life has led up to this season where we are now. And I just feel like we're finally seeing fruit from all the labor. And I know that everything's seasonal and fruit goes away and you rebuild, but this is a really, really good season just for my marriage and my family. We have three kids. Symphony is five. Bravery is two and a half. And then rhythm is three months. They are all so wildly different. (laughs) So learning each kid is, I mean, I don't know how you do it with four. I don't know how Kate, I just listened to your podcast with Katie. I don't know if that's a plug for another podcast, but, and I literally, I have to listen to it again and take notes because I'm like, this woman has six kids and she runs a small business. Jess has four kids and she runs a million businesses. And I, I don't know how you guys do it and keep track of your brain. I think first of all, everybody knows their limit. And I know that for this season four is my limit, you know, and (laughs) and you should feel that way. Like right after having a baby, you should feel like this is my limit. That means you are, you know, working unto the Lord and, and pouring it all out. But you know, I've told you this. I think that I think three is the hardest to have. Yeah. I think three's the hardest number. I think it's been like a brain shift because I mean, physically you're taking care of more children, but you're not doing, you just have to add one more thing to what you're doing. But I think it's brain wise for Tyson and I, we're so relationally connected. Like I love our marriage so much and we're not perfect. Obviously we, our first two years of marriage were terrible, but that's another story. (laughs) But we finally learned how to communicate and how to like cheer each other on and, and support one another. And so for us not to be relationally connected in this season is really 
it's a challenge. Like it's easier to drift than it is to stay together. Yeah. It's easier to like forget to tell somebody something than to just text all day long. Like I don't have the hands to text him anymore all day, every day. That's been interesting. I think just the brain switch of like, okay, this is a new season. We're going to be really bad at it because we've never done it before. And let's see what happens. Yeah. That's what I say is hard about three is that one, you have this perception. Like I can take care of this kid. I am meant to take care of this kid. This is my job. I can take care of this kid. I can shepherd it into all that God wants it to be. Two, you're like, this is harder, but we can do it. I have two hands. I can have two kids like home alone with, with two all day by myself. Like I can, I can do two. And then three, all of a sudden, like the math stops working. And you're like, I don't, there is not physically enough of me. (laughs) There are, you know, there are too many of you, but four, you, it's like you have dove into the deep end and you know there's not enough of you and it just gets fun. If you're trying to convince me to have one more kid, I'm just going to show you. you. It's going to No, sit. shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. It just sets everything equal. It just, everything feels like a big party. I swear. I say all the time, I'm like, three is a breakdown, four is a party. <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> three, you need to go to counseling. Four, you just... You just have fun. <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> okay. But what you do, what your, what your job is, is beautiful. You're, you're yeah. very incredibly gifted at what you do. So tell a little bit about that. Yeah, I am a worship leader. My husband and I pastor the worship department here at our church, Shoreline Church in Austin, Texas. And we do it together. He's the boss. He really handles the entire creative team. And then I get to just pop in and pop out and lead. I'm more of like the people person. I love shepherding the people. I love team morale. I love cheering people on. I like, like I'm your girl that's going to sit in your office and cry with you on the couch and show up with brownies. And I think that what we found in our ministry doing it together is such a gift because not everybody gets to do that and we know it. And so figuring out the best way, like, God, why did you, why did you set us up in this way? Why did you, you know, fashion me with these gifts, fashion him with these gifts. And so my job is really his job and his job is really my job. Yeah. So we pastor a team. Our staff is about 11 and our, our Sunday services, our weekly services are predominantly run by volunteers. So we also pastor around a hundred volunteers between both campuses, obviously in different seasons, there's more and less, but that's kind of the general thing. And then I'm doing most of the mom, like the stay at home stuff in this season, which is really new for me. I think you and I have talked about this. I'm like, yeah, I'm like a closet feminist, you know? And I'm like, if you can be in the workplace, I workplace. And if I'm holding a baby at work, you can be holding a baby, at work, you know, but with number three, I think I've really let the Lord sharply prune me and just say, Jules, like, where, where's your head in this? You know, like I want to show you this new season of motherhood and I want you to put your sword down and come into the hidden season with me and let me show you how to nurture your kids. So that's been really fun. But yeah, worship leading, coaching, playing our job. Our job seriously is a dream. It's a dream job. That's so good. So now I'll tell my story about how we met. First of all, (laughs) back what, I mean, maybe like we're close to like nine or 10 years ago. Dude, so long ago. So long ago. (laughs) It had to have been. (laughs) When I had all my hair. So at least eight years ago. At least. Let's go. Maybe nine. I was a new-ish mom. I had a two-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old and I was a mommy blogger and I read a lot of blogs and somehow I found Jules's blog and Instagram was barely a thing then. So I mostly followed it on Twitter 
Mm-hmm. And I would read her blog and just soak it up. And she was a worship leader at the time, but, and also like coached other worship leaders online, which was not being done. Yeah. Like nobody was doing that. <laughs> That's, I forgot I was doing that. <laughs> you were doing that. You were like, I'll, I would like to lead other women who are like learning to lead worship, mm-hmm. which I just thought was so beautiful. And I could tell God had such a mantle of leadership and the heart of a shepherd on you. Mm-hmm. And so I just watched that and was interested in that. I always tell Jules, there are certain blogs of hers that I could quote like verbatim because they just impacted <laughs> me so much as like a new mom nursing my kids and, and reading her mm-hmm. words. And so I just kept following her online on Twitter, on Instagram, and back four years ago, maybe now three or four years ago, mm-hmm. yeah. we were putting on our last influence conference and it was going to be in Nashville and we couldn't find a worship leader for our conference, which seemed crazy. The influence network and conference were, was a network that I was a part of that had events throughout America, um, just encouraging women. Um, yeah. And, and that's how I found you. Yeah, and so I... I was like, I, I was following you because of that. Well, we couldn't find a worship leader for this event, which we thought was crazy. It was Nashville, so many artists. And I said, you know, I follow this girl. I've been following her for years. And I would tweet you. <laughs> so weird. No, would, you wouldn't. I would. I swear. I, we've talked about this. I would tweet you and say things like, I want you to be my worship leader in heaven. Like, I would hear snippets of you leading worship and be like, I want to <laughs> be in your section for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I just told our team, I was like, y'all, this is crazy. I don't know this girl from Adam, but I follow her on Twitter and I've like read her blog for years. She lives in Austin, not even in Nashville, but why don't we see if she could come to the conference? And yeah. I like DM'd you. Also, it was a week before the conference. And <laughs> it's a week. <laughs> I DM'd you and you were like, yeah, I'll come. Sure. I mean, yeah, my, my text said, yes, I'll come. Sure. But on the other side of the phone, I was like flipping my lid. I was like, Oh, I remember that I was at rehearsal and it was like, you have a message from Jessica. And I'm like, what is this like a spam? Is she, did somebody hack her account? Stop. And I look and you're like, will you come lead worship at my conference next week? And I was like, oh, Tyson, she is DMing me. I was like, flipping oh out. he's like, you have to go. You have to go. <laughs> I was like, how does she even know me? Yeah, I because I'm your biggest fan. And so then on that weekend, I was like, hey, uh, you want to go on book tour with me? (laughs) Like, I have no money. Let's say some real words about book tour. Yeah. Like, there's no money. Nobody's getting paid. Like, when you travel around the country to talk about your book, it's essentially, like, out of your own pocket. Like, the publisher pays for a little bit, but it's mostly you just paying. And so I was like, I have no money to offer you. (laughs) It will not be prestigious in any way. Do you want to go on book tour with me? Also, you wrote a song, and I was like, can we also, like, give everybody that song, you know, just for free? And you were like, yes. Yeah, I'm in. No way. I mean, it it was amazing. It was so much fun. I'm just so grateful. But that all that being said, you're a crazy gifted worship leader. I mean, you're like, God has just so gifted you with that, but you're an even better shepherd. And Mm -hmm. I have been so profoundly impacted by your leadership and Tyson's leadership, the way you guys lead together and your wisdom, you know, like other fun behind the scenes stuff. You came to hang with us this year to visit Mm -hmm. and like really pour into us and our team and happened to be there in a really like pivotal dark time for us, which was Mm. crazy. Like God let y'all be there. And it like so ministered to us. And, um, 
yeah, so I just, my little soul is just knitted to yours forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Jules goes, so I'm thankful for you. Um, well, I'll go wherever you go. Well, okay, so mission looks like for you, leading worship, obviously, but also leading a team, yeah. caring for people, and now on top of that, like going back to like new mom world and diving in and showing mm-hmm. up. So what's been hard about this season and how has he met you in that? Mm. I think the hardest part of this season is I love being pregnant. I always tell people I feel the closest to God when I'm pregnant because mm-hmm. I think God's with you all the time. Or obviously we can't get closer or farther away from God. But I think in pregnancy, it's a constant reminder that like the hand of God is actually knitting together this tiny human. And like, I get to be part of that. And so I always feel like God speaks to me the loudest when I'm pregnant. You know, I'm, I'm a dreamer. And so I'm just like, I try to find meaning in everything. Like, what is this season going to be? And so all my kids' names have like meaning to them and they're probably going to become like doctors and lawyers and they all have these musical names. (laughs) But I think after Rhythm was born, I expected it to go a certain way because I felt like I had mastered like the mom of two, the worship leader, the I felt like I was in like a really good groove as far as keeping my life, not balanced, but in some sort of steady movement. And so when rhythm came along, the first eight weeks were like terrible. I, I never want to do newborn first eight weeks ever again, because you, of course you like, you don't sleep, but he just like, he, he never slept. And he was such a different kid that I couldn't get my bearings are within me. And I just felt like, God, are you going to abandon me in this newborn season? And of course, like I felt like the children of Israel, like you've provided all this and yet I'm still questioning whether you're going to abandon me. But I really felt like I thought you were going to show up a little bit differently in this season than you're actually showing up. And I had to get myself to, I have a best friend in California and she, we're kind of like, put your big girl panties on voices for each other. Yeah. And she's just like, Jules, God's obviously trying to show you himself in a different way in this season. And so, you know, stop crying and start listening. So I'm like, okay. So I think the way he showed up for me in this season and with transition in our team is just, I need to be okay with being the mother. If that makes sense. I don't know if you went through this, but there's like this, this door and it's like this weird season where you go from like young learning, soaking up everything, feeling like you don't know anything and you step across and then you become the person that people are starting to come to for like marriage advice, mom. And I'm like, we're the same age, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) why are you asking me? Like, I'm not knowing this. And so I think I realized I was crossing over And I didn't want to cross over because I didn't want to be the maternal figure because the maternal figure felt like another side to me and I was scared of it and I didn't know it. And so I think the Lord just showed me like, Hey, I'm, I'm moving you across the threshold. And there are people that you thought were coming with you that are not coming with you. And that was the hardest part because I lost some really good friendship over it. Not in like a terrible way, but just in like, I'm going to keep moving and I understand that you're not ready to move with me, but this just may not be the season. And that, I think that's the hardest part for me is I thought I was moving with a pack of people and I found out I was moving with way less than I ever imagined that I would. So really finding my friendship in the Lord and just talking to him all the time about everything. God, where do you want me to go to coffee today? Where do you want me to grocery shop today? And it seems a little bit churchy, but literally I'm just like, I want to see you in everything because I feel so isolated in this season. And I I know that it's a mirage. I know that it's, it's an attack 
from the enemy. And I, I want to kick that by seeing you everywhere. So he's really, he's literally shown at like certain grocery stores that I go to, like somebody will either recognize me from symphony school or from church and I'll just be able to sit there and minister or new friendships have come out of it. And even like with the girl that does my hair, like she's the sweetest sweetie pie ever. And just being able to like sit and chill in her chair and her ask me about motherhood. And she's, she's newly married. She doesn't have kids, but she's so like eager to learn about this season and I can just be real with her. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's how God has met me. He hasn't met me in these miraculous ways. He's met me like literally just in conversations where I walk away more filled than I got there. And I wasn't, that's not even what I was expecting. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Okay. As you're holding all of this, like Mm full-time work, full-time mom, full-time wife, full-time minister of the gospel. Are there any tools or tips or tricks that he's given you just to do it all in health or abundance? Mm -hmm. Siri is my personal assistant. (laughs) It's so real. Um, I literally will be feeding the baby at 3am and be like, Oh my gosh, I need to call so-and-so about this tomorrow. And my brain doesn't remember things anymore. And so I will grab my phone and be like, Hey Siri, remind me tomorrow at 1202 to call Jess or remind me tomorrow at 1204. And I will literally span them out by the minute. So I don't get them all at once. And my Siri is a man because I feel like men can be good assistants too. Um, (laughs) So I'll be like, I've got it, Jules, you know, and he is so sweet and encourages me, but for real, I write everything down. I don't trust my brain to remember anything anymore. Then I've found this new way of reading scripture that I never thought of before. And you probably do it because you're really smart, uh-uh, but I'm at the gym, I usually do pot. I don't like to work out to me. I don't like working out at all. First of all, <laughs> secondly, I don't like working out to music because I get bored. So I started listening to podcasts. But this year I've taken a little bit of a turn and I'm listening to scripture in different translations. So like Monday, I'll listen to Ephesians 6 in the message translation and I'll just listen to it over and over and over and over again through my whole 45 minute workout. And then Tuesday, I'll listen to Ephesians 6 in the amplified version translation over and over and over again. It Well, it helps me like numb the pain of working out and like zone out. But it also has been so refreshing to like hear the same thing over and then to pick up on like a little word that I've always missed or a transitional phrase that Jesus said, or like this last week actually is a perfect example. I was listening to the Christmas story and it said, you know, Mary had the baby. There's no room for the end and Mary wrapped the baby in swaddling clothes and lied him in a manger. Then it goes on to say the angels came and announced to the shepherds that the savior of the world was born and you will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And I was like, dude, did Mary, like, did the Holy Spirit tell Mary to wrap Jesus in swaddling clothes and lay him specifically in the feeding trough of the animals of the barn? Or did God use what she had? She did what she could with what she had. And God intertwined it into history Were the angels watching her to see what she would do. And then they used that as the announcement to the shepherd or was it like premeditated or, and I, I never put together that she was just looking, she's like, where's the cloth? Where's the cloth? Where, where can I put in this fits perfectly? And that that was actually the identifier for Jesus, for the shepherds to find him. Wow. Um, so little stuff like that, where scripture can never get old unless you let it. And I feel I was letting it get old to me. And so I was like, I just want to listen to all the translations. So the Bible app, obviously you can just push play and the guy will read it to you forever. Wow. Such a good tool. I love that. Well, thank you. Hey friends, 
we're gonna break right here for a second and I wanna just share something quickly with you. A theme for me this year, I sense God taking me back to Psalm 18 and this idea that he has brought me out to a spacious place and I wanna live under the belief that he's brought me out to a spacious place. One thing I love about our partnership with West Rock Coffee is that they want to provide a spacious place for their coffee growers. They want them to feel encouraged. They want them to feel equipped. They want them to be given the tools they need to live abundantly and also to do their jobs unto the glory of God and change the world world while they're at it. West Rock Coffee believes in people and not just the drive to survive, but to live with dignity and to achieve greatness and to experience abundance right where they are. You've heard me talk about West Rock, how I love how they partner with individual farmers and what they're doing in the world, but I just wanted to put that on the table today that I think part of living a spacious life for me, part of living a life where I believe God can move and can do things and can grow and can shift me is partnering with companies where I see the leaders of those companies doing the same thing and not just for themselves, but for their employees and for their customers as well. That's why I love West Rock because they are about abundance. They are about providing great opportunities and they are down to change the world one cup of coffee at a time. You can get West Rock coffee on my favorite place, amazon.com. Okay, we have some fun, easy questions to end with. Yes. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, the first one I didn't warn you about, but I always ask everyone, and we're going to have to out myself a little bit because you kind of texted me about it yesterday and I haven't responded. Oh, no. <laughs> but I love to throw in, do you know what your Enneagram number is and do you care? And the truth is you texted me yesterday and said, hey, I need Enneagram resources and I haven't gotten back yet. That's, <laughs> That's the okay. texture I am. <laughs> Dude, I get it. it I'm like that me meme, like... I'll text you back 30 seconds after or three to five days, one or the other. So you don't know what your Enneagram number is? No, I do. You do? I do know my Enneagram number, but I don't understand the wings. I'm an eight, like pretty hard eight. Yeah, yeah. I'm like an eight, but unhealthy. I'm a two, but like, I know that there's like wings and stuff. So eights are two in health, which is really really true of you. Yeah. Eights become twos in health, which is totally true of you because I feel like you are such a server and a helper. Mm. See, this is why I need the resources. Also, a lot. I'm I'm so glad you didn't say you were a two because, <laughs> you know, they say a lot of Christian women test as twos and specifically yeah, a lot of eights test as twos. Really? Yeah, because they feel like this is what I should be. And so a lot of times if I meet a woman who says she's a two, I'll be like, not a lot of times, but I'd say like, you know, 30% of the time I'll be like, yeah, you're not a two, you're an eight. You're an eight, yeah. A good no, example I, is my daughter, who's 10, has taken uh, the Enneagram test, and she tested as so a two, great. and she's the 80th date that I've ever met in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's your daughter. She would have to be. She basically would have to be. My favorite part about it was that if you're an A, you probably had this kind of childhood, and like I literally, I just sobbed when I read oh. that portion, and, and I just realized, like, oh my gosh. I, I think I always, I've always been pretty self-aware, like... This is why I am the way I am and I need to change this and I want to alter this. But when I read the description of like, you probably were a survivor and you probably, you know, just bucked up and took care of everybody around you and 
I just saw, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like somebody understands me (laughs) and somebody understands what I'm going through and why I do, why I make the decisions that I make and why I feel crazy, but I'm not, it's like, it all makes sense. So I'm, I'm an inner believer now. I mean, I'm a Jesus believer, but whatever. Right, right, right. I believe it's a tool <laughs> given by Jesus to help us understand ourselves. So, yeah, it's really interesting. So if you guys don't know, eights are, the the word that people use for them that I don't think is all that positive is the controller. But mm. yeah, an eight in their childhood may have been faced with some kind of unrest or situation that, you know, made them want to be controlling or it just be maybe innately who they are. But I feel yeah. like I can look back at my childhood and see myself becoming an eight uh, the times we always laugh about if I get together with my family and we're talking about the Enneagram is how early I can see it is when we would go on vacations I never remember enjoying vacations as a kid because <sighs> specifically if I would go with my dad because my dad is like a pure seven like he's all fun and he never would You're like plan. there's no structure yeah there was no structure to our vacation he would never plan when we were going to eat or how we were going to get there and so he would just kind of be like well we had breakfast so we're good <laughs> for like you know the rest of the day and I'd be like no lunch lunch happens three hours after breakfast <laughs> yes. dinner happens six hours after lunch like there's a pattern you have to fit the yes. patterns and it's so funny we just went on a trip with my sister who is a pure seven and in so many ways so much like my dad and we were going to New York City for like a fun sister's getaway and it was about 24 hours before our trip we had a hotel booked we had like tickets to a show but other than that the trip was not planned at all and That's amazing. there are people who can go to New York City and like enjoy it and just like enjoy the noise and there are people like me who need to know exactly where we're going <laughs> and exactly how we're going to get there. And yes. about 24 hours before I texted and I was like, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I need to plan at least the first six Where are we getting trip. coffee? Yes. And Is I was there like, a soul cycle? Yes. These are the exact <laughs> questions I asked. You yes. know me very well. And so it was hilarious. I was like, oh man, I was an eight as like a fourth grader going on vacation with my family and I'm very much still there now and my sweet family let me plan the entire trip they gave me all their wishes and desires and let me plan every little detail of where we'd go oh see that's so perfect because you serve them by planning the trip and they serve you by letting you plan the trip exactly exactly every time they said thank you I was like no no thank you (laughs) they're like no 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 thank you (laughs) okay so you know you're an eight okay you asked for enneagram resources and and people on the podcast often say like how do i find out i love just the enneagraminstitute.com that is where you have to pay to take the test but i think it's one of the best tests and it's like i think it's twelve dollars but they have really good daily emails that you can get based on your number and really good descriptions. The Enneagram Institute also has really good info on your wing. It has good info on like the numbers together. So I'm an eight, my husband's a one. It has like lots of good, like if you're an eight married to a one, here are things you need to know. Mm. I love the Enneagram Institute. It's my favorite one. Perfect. Okay, book you're currently reading. Yes, it is called, it's an older book. It's called No Wonder They Call Him Savior by Max Lucado. Love it. And if I'm being totally honest, I have this stack of books I really want to get through. And this was the last one in the pile because it looked like a book my dad would read. (laughs) And 
I, for some reason I just picked it up and I was like, I should just try this. It's kind of small, but it is serious. It's like, he takes the crucifixion story and he breaks it up like moment by moment. So Peter's betrayal and then the tears of Jesus and then Jesus, you know, surrendering Mary to John and like every little element of the Easter story essentially. And it's just blowing my mind about Jesus. And then there's one chapter that says, no wonder they call him savior. And he's like talking about how Jesus goes and gathers all these people. And he was a gatherer, but he was a gatherer with a mission. And he didn't feel like he had to accomplish everyone else's mission. He was very confident in his own mission that God had given him. And so it's, it's, it's wrecking my world right now. Wow. So good. Yeah. What's your coffee order? I think I know this, but say it Okay. Now. Yes. Are you not going to guess it? I think it's just a black coffee, or is it like a black Americano? It is a black Americano. Yeah, that's what I thought. Whole 30 wrecked me. Oh, yeah. It's real. Same. Okay. Secret. Do you have a secret talent? I mean, you have a very public talent. You are a phenomenal singer. (laughs) I don't think that I have a secret talent. I'm, I'm pretty much good at what I'm good at and nothing else. I'm not a good cook. I have like a secret talent that I use. I used to do this thing called horse vaulting when I was what? in middle school and high school. Yeah, dude, it's gymnastics on horses, moving what? horses. <laughs> and I wasn't like the best at it, but I wasn't terrible either. So that's kind of like my non-singing leadership claim to fame. It was really, it was super fun. You got to hang out with horses all day. So. Wow. 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 I love yeah, it. You know. Okay. Last question, you know, most important. What's your favorite lipstick? What do you wear? Bro, I do not wear lipstick. I knew this about you. That's right. I knew that. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I wear chapstick. My favorite chapstick is Burt's Bees, obviously. But everybody in the office is trying to get me to put on color. And I just, I feel like my face looks weird. But, Um, you know, just not lipstick, girl. Yeah. I'm a clear gloss girl. I love it. You know you. You do you. It's good. <laughs> and when you sing on a microphone with lipstick, like yeah. you, you end up being that girl with like the lipstick all over the face because the microphone's all over your face. So Real. I think I just trained myself to not like it. Okay. I like it. Hey, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. Mm, so thankful for you too. Thanks for all you're doing in this season and the obedience that is coming out of your house and your world and your hands. I'm, I'm mm. really blessed by your friendship and by just watching you. Mm, thank you so much. I love you too. You, everybody listening knows this, but you are literally changing the world and you are taking a generation of girls who are looking for just the realness that you're offering. And I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that you are just being obedient, even in the hard seasons. I love you. I'll be calling you about another book tour soon. Don't you dare worry. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> another another <All> free. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I love you. You're so cute. All right, I love you.